0: there how's it going welcome to screen speak this is jordan anderson i run this podcast i host it i talk into a microphone and you listen to it sometimes or never i don't really know you could be a first-time listener existing listener i don't really care you're here and that's why i am pleased and it's actually timely that we're talking about this episode today my uh, i'm sorry this episode today my octopus teacher is what I'm going to be rambling about today on the podcast. This uh, interesting documentary from 2020, but I won't be alone. Uh, I have with me once again, um, Adam Wall, Sophia Han. They apparently liked Octopus and documentaries about Octopus, uh, but they they were actually uh, really happy. They, they really wanted to come on to this episode and talk about this. So welcome the both of you.
1: What's up, Jordan? Excited I love here.
2: octopuses. Octopuses are the bomb, dude.
0: Oh, wow. Did, do happy. they? Is that like the plural of it? Like octopi? I, 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 I do
1: I looked it up right before we went on, and apparently, octopi was like the original plural, like in Latin, but then octopuses is like the English. But that sounds so bad, just <laughs> ugly. So I <laughs> pick your poison, whatever you want to say.
0: I don't think I. I mean, well, I have I have many thoughts to unpack about about octopus this documentary in general but i will say on the subject of octopus do i know much about them no uh i i know that they have tentacles and that they eight of them. It, yeah there's eight and they <laughs> they swim around the ocean and i think there's like there's different I'm like any species i think there's different variations of them and Probably. i've i've heard there's like the one you know there's like that one really huge one that like lives like deep deep in the ocean where like like it's only been captured on camera like five times or something do you know what i'm talking about i think those are those are squid i think specifically is that a different thing a squid the same no no, they're probably not i'm sure some kraken I'm sure some marine biologists are listening to this and they're just getting disgusted that I don't know but the difference between uh, an octopus or a squid. That is the core
1: uh, screen speak demographic is marine
0: biologists. Uh, most <laughs> definitely. But ma- hey, maybe this will reach them. Like, I don't know if there's any podcasts out there where people have talked about this documentary yet. So so who Never. knows? I don't know. It would be yeah. cool. I would talk to a marine biologist. I feel like they would it's have a lot so to say. Yeah. yeah. Do I was a marine
2: biologist, the guy from this movie? I
0: well, think. I, I, no, I, I okay, don't think so. he was. No. <laughs> I don't think he was. No. I think he
1: wanted to be, or he thought he was, but I don't think he actually was.
0: No, because I, I looked up this dude's background, Craig Foster, and his Wikipedia title says that he's a filmmaker, he's a South African documentary filmmaker. Oh, and a naturalist, as if that's a title. Uh, But he is also the founder of the Sea Change Project, which that's something that we can talk about once we kind of pick apart some of the -hmm. the key specifics in this documentary. But uh, to go back to the marine biologist thing, I don't think Craig is a marine biologist. I just think he liked to swim a lot. And (laughs) he went out to the sea, enjoyed swimming with the kelp, and eventually found his love in the form of an octopus octopus.
1: that he never named he never named that octopus if you loved it so much why did you not name it
0: I was I was actually going to bring that up because that was a curious fact I because yeah throughout the entire thing he has that one part where which hang on I, I feel like I should get this out of the way first I'm not going to just solely make fun of this documentary even though there's plenty of things that are a bit eccentric, goofy. It is
1: easy. <laughs>
0: uh, there, there is some easy material there, but there is some actual like substance to it that I enjoyed. And I, I walked away from it with some good thoughts besides just like, man, this guy really loves his octopus. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. Um. Okay. But I want to, I, I want to start with just your, both of yours initial thoughts on this documentary i mean how did you find it because adam is the one who told me to watch this
2: i so me and sophia were just i like documentaries a lot honestly so i've like i've always wanted to watch more documentaries and we've been kind of on a binge of watching more recently um but i've heard really good things about this one specifically like i remember when it came out there was a lot of buzz around it but i never saw it so i like i knew this movie existed for a while now but i never like actually sat down and watched it And we were just like hanging out one night and we wanted to watch something that was like really pretty and beautiful. And that's why I was like, oh, dude, we got to try out this octopus teacher thing. And it turned out to be a lot more than that. But like the movie as a whole was like unbelievably beautiful. And like, it was, I just really wanted to watch a good documentary. I just heard, I've heard things about this movie and not necessarily all good things, let let me know, but I've heard a lot of things about this movie. So that's kind of how I found it. And it honestly, like, yeah, that's
1: yeah cuz when we were looking up documentaries a lot of them were like let's talk about the russian doping scandal or like really intense stuff and we're like let's just watch something that's fun and nice and not not like i don't know we can talk about like that whole theme within documentaries too later but yeah. let's let's just watch something that's enjoyable and pretty and what like a very classic documentary yeah and that's exactly what it was
0: well, nature documentaries, I feel like have a, a natural appeal towards people, like you said, like yourself, that maybe don't want to watch a documentary on the rise of Vladimir Putin or want to see what's going on in Ukraine or want to see like how white supremacists are taking over the Capitol. Like th- These are all yeah. like, you know, very, very serious topics. So, yes, nature, I feel like is like a good neutral place for a lot of people where it's like, hey. I can I can get on board with watching animals, and I I like them, uh, and then you usually learn something about their environment too, and just kind of remind you that the world is a really big place and has a lot of other things going on besides human beings being awful to each other.
2: Yeah, and this is this this movie was very similar to like something like Planet Earth. Like it was much more like internally focused on one specific dude and one specific octopus so it it was it was much different and kind of a breath of fresh air to that like environmental documentary genre i think where it was it was much more telling a story and like talking about a specific animal than just like talking about a biome as a whole yeah and i think there there's there's pros to like learning about just the biome as a whole but i think there were specific things in this documentary that were really brought out and the fact that he was just in this one very niche environment with a very niche animal that not many people have like heard about or like thought yeah. about really you well know? i don't
0: know well, i i think from what i could tell at least from his version of events is like he did not just you know, start going out there swimming one day, being like, I'm going to make a documentary about an octopus. It it didn't seem like it was part of his plan. Uh, I think he says at the beginning of the documentary that he does have his um, background in filmmaking. He's from South Africa. He had spent some time initially early on with trackers, animal trackers. I remember him saying, and that he was like really fascinated with that. But then he just sort of seemed to, not really be interested in things after that it sounded like he had like a period where he's just like i just nothing inspires me anymore i don't know like I, you know like his life had no meaning i guess yeah uh, he apparently burnt out yeah yeah i, I mean which hey like, like people people do definitely get burnt out i i can understand how that feeling can manifest but it,
2: it was a very like he brought a lot of human aspects i think as well that you don't really see in environmental documentaries where well. it was It was it was jarring that it was about this dude I didn't know anything about or really cared about. But it kind of I think it made the relationship with him and the octopus a lot more like stronger because he was able to bring the human element into it. And like the fact that he's just another dude and he found this octopus in the middle of nowhere. So I don't know. But we should probably we should go over what the movie is about, because maybe some people haven't seen this movie.
0: This this is true. This is true. Okay, so I, I have it pulled up here. The synopsis is honestly uh, kind of humorous to me a little bit. Uh, let, me, let me get it up here. So it's very short. It just says, uh, it says it right here. Okay. My Octopus Teacher. The story of My Octopus Teacher tells the story of Craig Foster, a filmmaker that begins diving in a kelp forest off the coast of South Africa and meets a female octopus who casts a spell on him. Uh, well, we were. <laughs> that's female uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> ladies <laughs> that's why I was like hey there's no way I'm gonna be able to read this synopsis without being like okay we gotta pause here it's a female octopus there's a spell what kind of a spell uh, that was that I, mean? <laughs> I
1: was reading some like film criticism about it and there was one person that was like yeah he kept gendering this octopus and he made it like he needed this like female octopus to be his like therapist and all this and i was like okay well you're just expanding this a little too far than it needed to be maybe but like it was just at certain points that man was a little too in love with that octopus
0: he, got, all he got close with it uh close. for sure um i i know like when i i think i had sent adam like a, a humorous <laughs> message on on snapchat before where, <laughs> 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 well yeah. because I, I i couldn't help but think throughout it because he's like what if that idea came to me where i will go and visit her every day and swim. And then eventually, you know, he's doing that. I'm like, that's great. But then like his son kind of comes into the picture, which they never really give him any time. He's just, I guess he's just there, but you don't see a mother. You don't see a wife. You don't see a partner. So I was like joking with Adam. I'm like, well, he probably... Just got too into this octopus, and was just like, I don't, I don't need you anymore. I have the octopus. She, octopus. she, she doesn't judge me. She lets me spend as much time with her. I don't have to like pay my bills with the octopus, or I, I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, he, he, he was very much into that octopus for sure. Um, <clears throat> what are some moments from the documentary that stuck out, or that uh? struck the both of you I guess like was there anything where I go like that was really interesting or that's super weird
1: I think maybe it's just top of mind because we finished the documentary 45 minutes ago but when the shark was like going after it and he finally puts together like oh okay when when the octopus grabs all those shells it kind of surrounds itself as a barrier that's what I saw the first time I went diving and kind of started this whole quest um And when the octopus just like hauled its ass out of the water, I was like, excuse me, it can do that. It can just leave. It was insane. That just that, I think that that was, that was probably the most interesting to me because I think that was the most like core nature documentary part of it Mm -hmm. because you're seeing like the power of this animal and then ingenuity of this animal and the way that it was just like problem solving and fixing living and adapting to its environment in real time. In a way that like i've never seen before i can't go out to the mississippi and see an octopus do that so being able to i don't know seeing the way that he had it and and like the quality of camera that he had it was just astounding
0: yeah, I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of praise I would actually give to the the patience I think that it would take to gather all that footage and not only gather it but just to like make a cohesive narrative out of it and like piece it all together because God knows how much editing they probably had to do to get the perfect footage and string it together to make the story. Um, but then just from the side of the octopus too, I mean, I'm sure studies on that animal are still very much ongoing. I'm sure there's a lot of things to be learned about it. And I think that there were some articles I even read that said that um, because of the work that he did, that they learn new things about the animal or it, it, do I call it an animal or a fish? Like, what do I call it? it? A mammal? It's, it's neither of those. Is it just, yeah, it's like, a, I don't know. It's a know... cephalopod. A cephalopod. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Adam. a pod
2: yeah,
1: every single time.
2: Aquatic <laughs> creature would also work. It's like it's like nothing like that. I mean, that's the really cool thing about octopuses. Though. It's like it's definitely not a fish. No. That's It's also definitely nothing like that. What is on land either? At the same time, it's just like its own thing.
0: No. Um... Kind of living. I think they're, I mean, they're pretty wild creatures. And yeah, there's just things about their behavior that like just kind of blow your mind. Like, with like, you know, Sophia, you talked about his, uh, her, sorry, her, uh, the, the, the seashell thing where like he just, oh my gosh, he, she is <laughs> gathering up stuff to protect herself from the shark. Like, that was really cool. The camouflage stuff, of course, is cool too, being able to like adapt to the environment. Um, I know the the two things that stuck out uh, that stood out to me for its behavior was one where he's like eventually she started walking on, on her legs like that was so she, like they would just have like one or two of them and just kind of like trotting around <laughs> I was like they do that like what
1: she was strutting her stuff it was great to watch
0: I yeah I, I had no idea that they did that and then I think the part that you refer to where it shot up out of the water and it's just like like just yeah. walking around on the rock, I'm like, is it gonna get back into the water? Like, that was I don't my know. Thing. I was like, does it dry out?
1: I had it was it was insane. I've never seen it, and I've never heard that an octopus could do that. And it right. just did. It was insane.
0: No, oh, yeah. I I did not know that it could do those types of things, and I also didn't know about uh, just some of the ways that it could like outsmart its prey, whether it was like hiding inside of a rock. Uh, I think at one point isn't it riding the shark's back?
1: Yeah, <laughs> okay. and I was like, "Excuse me." <laughs>
0: um, it, one one part that was sad, of course, though, is when it has the near the near fatal accident where it loses one of its uh, its arms. Oh my gosh! The, the mud yeah. shark gets it or whatever, and like it just like flies off. You're like, "Oh my gosh!" But then it grows yeah. back. not yeah,
2: well, well like the, the mud shark, mud shark attacks are so like it's it's kind of what i expect to be but they're so aggressive because the shark is just like yeah. twisting and then the octopus just goes full like ragdoll mode basically so she's just like being flung around and the the it's just spinning around it's so like scary looking and like i'm like impressed that the shark is able to do that so effectively and like you kind of have a lot of respect for the sharks too like he kind of paints them out to be the bad guy which they should be because octopus is sick but like not necessarily <laughs> paying them to be the bad guy because like you know it's like all part of the natural wonder of like they're a predator they got to kill the animal so they can survive at the same time you know but i thought the shark attacks were really well done and it kind of goes a little bit to his filmmaking ability i think of just being able to get really good shots of the shark like
0: oh Predator
2: yeah in the water mm-hmm. and then shot the octopus just being like scared trying to run away from the situation i kind of want to talk a little bit about the just kind of like the way he did filming as a whole i don't know if it like a lot of the events he was talking about like happened in real time but i feel like he had so many different angles and he just so perfectly displayed like the event that is going on when it's just him in the water with a camera by himself. Like it was, it was, it was almost confusing to me to like understand how he's able to do like show this picture of a shark chasing an octopus so well, Mm -hmm. because there's just so many different angles and how he's able to show the shark, like slithering along, listening and hearing for the octopus and the octopus like hiding in the kelp and like running away as fast as he can. It was so well Portrayed where you understood everything that was going on, and in such a beautiful setting too. I thought it works so well. Like eh, he is definitely a filmmaker by trade, because I think that is probably the strongest part of the movie for me is just being able to see this octopus in its own space, and it's just so well edited together in so many different shots, and being able to see the life of the octopus. It's nuts. It's 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 a really good movie in that sense. Mm-hmm.
1: I think with the filmmaking thing too. I did see like there's no way that he didn't have other people with him he made it seem like I'm a free diver I go by myself no I'm sorry there's no way there's no way like there's He didn't like say that there was, there's, there's no way that there was Maybe he's
2: just that awesome, dude. He's that, he's that strong
1: of a swimmer that he was like, and he was just like swishing around on the other sides of the ship. There's no way that he didn't have another person there, like following along with a camera on the other side.
0: I, I I feel like what probably happened is that I think the project started out organically and I really do think it was just him for a while, at least. But then I think as he started to get more momentum behind it, I think he started to see that this thing actually might have some merit to it. There's a story to be told here. There's something to gain from this. I don't know how he exactly did it, but I have to imagine he obviously contacted probably other people he used to work with back in his South Africa film, you know, animal tracking days, yeah. Uh, because, yeah, there's there's some shots uh, that. Or like mm, like okay if you're like trying to hold your breath you're snorkeling you got no equipment on you know you're just like i don't believe in tanks i just yeah. believe in having really big lungs i'm like i i mean yeah i i'm with sophia i think there's probably a couple of people otherwise why would there be a, even any credits in the movie yeah. if it was yeah. just him it would just be like i did the entire thing like there
2: are a few shots too specifically of him <laughs> holding the octopus And you're right how how do you get that shot without someone else being there kind of thing you know no that that makes sense
1: my only other thought I guess well I guess the camera like followed the shark because my only other thought was that he set up like stands like tripods like throughout the kelp forest and set up cameras maybe because they talked about setting up a camera and that's when the octopus first came up to it and like latched onto it and knocked it over So maybe he did that, but like that's thousands and thousands of dollars of equipment. You wouldn't just leave that in the bottom of the ocean and be like, "Hope this works."
0: Yeah, no, I I I would be very curious to hear how they actually did orchestrate the entire thing, because I I mean I I believe the guy's talented, but. Yeah. I don't think he pulled this off on his own. Uh, no. no, no way. Now I I, I have one thing I want to talk about. Cause you know, we've mentioned kelp a couple of times and the octopus touching him and things like that. I just want to hear from the both of you, what you think about like touching things underwater and like in the ocean, because I can tell you me, like I, I get weird when a butterfly touches me
1: oh
0: well, you scared I, of butterflies well i don't know if it, well, it's, it's scared the right word or i just this get is a safe weird. space
1: jordan you can say if you are
0: well safe space but you know <laughs> I, I, everybody's, whatever. and
1: everybody's just listening <laughs>
0: uh yeah i get kind of i yeah sure i'm scared of butterflies yeah scared of Respect. butterflies scared of dragonflies scared of anything basically with wings that's willing to touch me i just i, I don't Paperiness like with the wings I don't know about that I think it's just the touching like like if it was flying around just being beautiful like that's great but don't touch me you know I don't need you to touch me
2: I agree wholeheartedly because that's why I'm not like I'm not afraid of spiders at all like you can see if there's a giant spider in a room like it's like it's in his space he's not gonna fly in my face he's not gonna attack me I know where he is I know if he walks around but if there's like a dragonfly or a bee or something like that they just like they just fly in your face and they're in your ear it's just i hate it dude yeah no i agree with you jordan i don't like things that fly i'm fine with butterflies don't tend to do that as much and they're much more fluttery so it's less aggressive than like a bee or a fly in your face but you're right. i don't really like things that fly in my face it's not fun
0: but even if like i don't like some of the things like touching me and things like that i might just be weird about being willing to touch things because like there's shots of him swimming in that kelp and i'm like that Kelp? Like, I don't want to touch the kelp. Ew. Like, get it away. That was my thought
1: too. (laughs) We were talking about that and I was like, I, maybe it's just in my head, but the sliminess that I associate with kelp, just like (laughs) touching my bare skin. Yep. Would yeah. send me off an edge. That I think we're just... used to
2: we're used to kelp like in like really dirty rivers and lakes in the Midwest. That's true. And it's like, like washing no, on a beach. Yeah, there's no worse experience when you're like swimming and then all of a sudden just like a piece of like slimy kelp touches your ankle and you're like, oh, mean, like God, Jesus Christ. Oh, stop, please. <laughs> it's gonna That's bring true. me under. So like I feel like we're much used to that. Maybe in South Africa, like based on maybe it was just the way it was filmed, but it seems to be pretty like calm kelp as a whole where it's That's like maybe it's because he was pretty far underwater so you could see the stalks yeah. and see how it actually like like in that it's crystal like, blue see, water yeah and like super clear water where maybe it's a little less scary because of that but maybe not
0: but see but see it goes past the kelp it goes beyond the kelp because there's you know, it's like a whole ecosystem down there. There's like coral, and then there's like squishy things that are alive that like live on the coral. There's yeah. mud sharks. I mean, hell, the octopus alone. Like when it reaches out and touches him for the first time, I'm like, hey, like I realize that this is cool, but I, I don't know if like like you know like if it's wrapping around me, I'd be like, Ugh. like it's just <laughs> well, it's just slimy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And I was reading him, he did like an interview and someone asked him what that suction cup felt like. And he was like, it was kind of strong. And he was like, I would have to go out for a breath and I'd have to like, kind of pry it off of my, my body. And I yeah. was like, no,
0: Speaking <laughs> what of if it,
1: what if it doesn't come off?
0: Well, speaking <laughs> of, of prying off the body, do you think that in the back of his mind, when he was having that really cool moment where he's like, I, it, it grabbed onto me and then it didn't let go. And I just kept oh, it's floating like up. Like a baby? Well, no, like it was wrapped around his arm, remember? Because he's like, mm. he's just floating up. He's like, oh. I had to get breath, but the octopus came with me. And I was oh, like, right. dude, I'm like, you wanted it to stay with you the whole time. You were hoping. Oh, yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I,
2: <laughs> I try to put myself in his eyes a little bit here, like imagine like how much that would change your life and your mindset on things if you that's were true. like, if there was just an octopus on your hand and it like likes you or yeah, like it, it respects you does enough like to like hang him. out with you. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. I would like I think people shit on the aspect of like him being like, oh my God, he doesn't care about his family or anything like that. And all he cares about is a stupid octopus that doesn't matter. And he only just like <laughs> accepts that he's there. But if I was him, I would be, I would be out there every possible moment I could, if I could hang out with that octopus. And the fact that you could see it over and over again, they have a relationship like, that would be just absolutely nuts. Like I, I, I having a relationship with a wild animal, I've never had an experience like that, but I'm sure it must be like an unbelievable experience. Yeah. And like around here, we have things like deer, which are just like, you know, okay, it's a deer. It doesn't, it's like cool, sort of, but there's just millions of them. We see them all the time. They just run around and eat grass, but an octopus is just like a completely different, like alien thing. And then you have this, wild animal relationship with it and it respects you and understands that you're a wild animal too and you're just like in its space a little bit i don't know dude that would that would be absolutely nuts so i i i toward i with the first half of the movie i kind of i feel like he kind of more just shoehorned in the whole like being like bringing my son on and <laughs> me and my wife don't have a good relationship and at the start it's really jarring because you're just so focused on like the octopus and the beautiful footage of it yeah where you just kind of you kind of you have to make fun of it you're just like this is stupid this is dumb why are you i don't care about you i care about the octopus <laughs> but i think honestly the last like 10 minutes of the movie really brought a lot more of it together of like him talking about how it like just completely changed his mindset on his life yeah and, like, being able to and like I sort of see it with like whenever I do something like going camping or going off in the wilderness, I don't have nearly the experience he has, but I sort of like kind of understand his mindset of like nothing else matters. Like my life is meaningless. Everything that I stress myself out about, whether it be bills or jobs or relationships with people, all that shit doesn't matter. Cause I'm just a wild animal living out here. And he must've had just such that feeling and it must be, uh, I don't know.
0: Well, i think there's something to say about uh i mean animals in general as like to what you can learn from them because they don't you know they, they don't hold grudges against people they're not judging people they their existence in some people's eyes i guess would be maybe defined as simple because it's like eat don't get killed go to sleep yeah. eat again.
1: yeah <laughs> like do it again rinse repeat
0: Right. But I, I, I did like that the, the the guy was able to, you know, sort of uh, talk about how because he was spending all this time with the octopus, he was able to, you know, start noticing that he was thinking about his relationships with the people around him differently. Um And ultimately for the better, like, I don't know if he was like an a-hole before and then like the octopus was like, wow, okay, maybe I should be nice to people now. And then he's like, okay, like the octopus is cool. But I I liked how he said that it would, um, that the whole thing was just affecting his, his uh, view on people as a whole. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've ever experienced like that level before. I mean, I've had a great relationship with a, with a cat. Waffles, rest in peace.
2: Rest in peace, waffles, dude. I loved waffles.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sad. Have sad. you talked
2: about waffles yet on the podcast, Jordan?
0: I don't know if I've talked. Well, I don't know. Not probably not. No.
2: We should do, we should do a. Tri- can we do a tribute to Walt waffles quick? Sure. I have a story about waffles. I yeah. love like waffles so much, dude. Waffles so, is.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, add some context to it. Yeah, go ahead. Not, you go. Ahead.
2: You add the context. You know the cat better than
0: I do. Uh, not the food. Uh, waffles, but I had a cat named Waffles. He lived for 18, 19 years, close to. Uh, yeah. pretty old, pretty old cat. He got his name uh, from the classic film that uh, nobody cares about called Kangaroo Jack. It's with Jerry O'Connell and Anthony Anderson. It's a pretty bad movie, but he has uh, a, Anthony Anderson has a has a dog in the movie named Waffles. And I just thought that was so funny. So when I got this cat, I named it that after the movie. And he's a little, little yellow tabby cat, but that's the cat.
2: How old were that's you really when on you brand. got Waffles?
0: Uh, I was 13. Thirteen. Okay. Yes. Wow. So he stuck stuck with me till till thirty one. So pretty 19. pretty That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Old,
2: I only really met him when he was like fifteen. So I've always known him as an old cat. Just kind like of like didn't fuck and just hung out.
0: You but said you had a story. About I did. Him. Yeah, I want to hear a waffle story.
2: <laughs> Waffles is like such a chill cat, but he's not a chill cat. And like, like some cats are just kind of like fuck you. I want to do what I want, sort of thing. The waffles very much loved intimacy, and that's one of the. That's one of the. It was a very characteristic of waffles that I didn't see with a lot of other cats. I absolutely loved. Like I remember sometimes when we like, I'd hang out with Thomas, who is Jordan's brother, sometimes, and we
0: would like sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hang out selectively. (laughs)
2: Selectively, he is Jordan's brother, and like we, I would like stay the night at uh, their parents' place. And like, I'd be sleeping on the couch and like 2 AM in the morning, waffles would come up and like want to snuggle with me. Uh, Like, Oh, waffles, you could snuggle with me man. (laughs) So like, I remember one night specifically I was sleeping on the, the recliner chair and he comes up and he wants to snuggle. I'm like, ah, yeah, you can come snuggle with me waffles. And like, after like 10 minutes, he just starts vibrating like <laughs> very, very aggressively from purring. And I'm just like, sitting there are like, Oh, that's kind of cute. And then after like two minutes, he just does not stop. And I'm like, all right, waffles. You gotta get off, man. I can't, I can't sleep here. Like, <laughs> I love that. Kid. No, he
0: absolutely, he absolutely loved, uh, people. And he yeah. was like very good with people Loved to, as Adam says, like, you know, just cuddle with people. He had an intimate side to him. Yeah. Uh, I know for myself, um, I mean shit like when my beard was like really bushy he would like lick it and clean it a bunch oh, to like try to like to but like sometimes it'd be terrible because i'd be like trying to sleep and he'd still be going at it just like my god licking licking away and i'm like hey like man uh i, I love you buddy but i, I gotta <laughs> sleep like get out of here and then i like, get his breath stunk from eating cat food it's like oh <laughs> but now nice. uh yeah it's it's sad but i don't know i'm kind of weird I don't know but weird's not the right word, but it's almost like with people, if something lives if someone or something lives a really either a long time or just in my eyes has a full life. Yeah. I'm you know, it's like you're sad that they're gone, but at the same time, I don't want them going until they're old and decrepit and they're terrible. Like oh, yeah. I, I want them to have a, a good life. And I, I'm I'm more I'm more appreciative that I even got to experience you know being with them and it's like i'm sad they're gone but i'm also happy that they completed their life cycle i guess so yeah.
2: waffles lived a great life and he was a great cat
0: it's true it's very true now hey, Ah uh, r.i.p r.i.p waffles you are the best Ugh. um send one up. what's what what
1: send one up send Son- one prayer.
0: I thought Super I, I prepare for, for waffles. Well, I thought for a second. I, I thought like "sun Went up" was like a like young people code for like have like a Corona to waffles. Like you know, like you could do that like too. Pour one out for the <laughs> pour one out for him. I don't. I don't, I don't know what that means. So. Um, okay, so I, I want to go back to the octopus uh, because well, I guess this ties into it a little bit. The octopus does not live. Spoiler alert. Yeah, he or she eventually passes away which that whole segment i actually thought was was beautiful because i i didn't really know like how they basically apparently there's a male octopus around which they gave like no real mention to that before you like you know what i mean like he's just like towards the end they're just all of a sudden like and then this male showed up and impregnated her i'm like
1: where is this guy at it made it seem like it appeared just for that and then it and left. May- and maybe he did.
2: I mean, that's, that's, I think that's what male octopuses do. They probably just like roam the ocean and then they find a female octopus and they're like, oh, yeah, and nice. And they get it on and they leaves. But
0: and I don't think they didn't show any footage of that, right? <laughs> the, I do think want an the octopus actual... porno, Jordan? <laughs> yeah. How do octopuses <laughs> have sex is the question. I just imagine that it, I mean, this is such, so, this is so dumb, but I, I imagine that like, I don't know it probably just shows up like lays on her maybe just like wriggles around a little bit and and then and then it leaves I I I don't think there's anything elaborate to it
2: I think all underwater species it's like a Mm -hmm. there are two separate tasks where it's like the female lays the eggs and then the male goes like yoink on top of the eggs
1: yeah that's (laughs) what it was in Finding Nemo right
0: i think yeah, so. yeah that's right yeah.
1: all everything i learned about the ocean was from finding nemo so <laughs>
2: it's a great movie was there an octopus in finding nemo trying to No,
0: uh, there the
1: was a fish one. laying eggs what
0: well no in finding dory there's an octopus that's the oh. main it's one of the main characters but yeah I blocked
1: that movie out of my mind
0: finding yeah. dory <laughs> it was, it was I bad <laughs> i thought it was all right but i mean i i don't know i think i've only seen it in the theater like once when it came out and like yeah. a lot of people i was like well this is all right, but it's not fighting the emo. It's like the same
2: as like Monsters University. It's in that oh. sphere of like sequels yeah. to a movie that was really good. And it wasn't like a bad movie necessarily. Oh. It just, it felt more like a DreamWorks movie. Hey, so I yeah. think I,
0: I've, hang on real quick. I think I have to send you guys another Zoom invite. Cause for some reason, like I'm not in like a premium one where it's going to record it the whole time. It says there's less than oh. one minute. So I did, I did see that. Yeah. Okay. There's I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to stop. Left. I'm going to stop this. I'll edit it and then I'll send you guys another invite. Okay. All right. Perfect. Yeah, Technical difficulties. <laughs> All right. We're back. I apologize to the audience for that. I think that's a first for screen speak where I've had to do like a mid edit through the episode because of not having enough time on zoom. So oops. oops. Um, do I an ever... opportunity
1: for an ad break advertisers.
0: Oh, that's on true. Screen speak. That's true. Advertisers get on screen speak. Uh, I I'm shameless. I'll plug anything. You want me to plug like sea snake oil or something? Sure. I'll do, do that yeah man uh I, you know i shouldn't say anything because then some weird advertiser is gonna crawl out of the woodwork and be like hey i heard you like i'll do anything Trojan Brakeon. Condoms. Brakeon. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 okay uh i'm trying to remember where were we at do either i you-
1: wanted to go back to when he was when you we were talking about him like touching things in the water
0: yes because i'm weird about touching things and it sounds like you guys are not a hundred percent on board with just touching everything
1: see but the the place that I come from of not wanting to touch things is more like I feel like if you are just a human living your life you shouldn't go into like a natural space like that and just be touching things you you are bringing all sorts of other things into that environment that exists just fine and very well without you don't be touching things Because like, I just remember being a kid and going to like science museums and they're like, you need to be very careful when you touch this thing, or you need to wash your hands with this special stuff before you touch the stingrays, because you have like oils on your fingers and you have all this other stuff that you're bringing into the water. And it's like, you could, you could harm these animals because you're not supposed to be touching these things. That's true. That was my thing. Cause he was like stroking fish at the end of it. And I was like, (laughs) please stop. What are you doing? Well, I think oh my god
2: it's really important to like I feel like especially when people go into nature I feel like that's a thing that people need to be hammered into because your instinctive tuition is like oh my god look at this tree I'm pretty, this tree. <laughs> yeah. pretty things it's <laughs> like if everyone does that then it just fucks everything up so yeah, yeah that's a good point I feel like it wasn't something that was addressed in the documentary very much that I feel like probably should have been addressed a lot more and maybe he just doesn't care I don't know about this project that he has if that if they talk yeah. about it there but I feel like conserving places like that is of the utmost importance to our society and I think it's something he didn't really talk about very much in the movie that he really should have brought up especially with what he was doing with touching the octopus yeah and like the octopus touched him more than he touched it like he definitely <clears> left <throat> the but I think it's a very important point that needed to be brought up a bit more.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think he did a good job of letting the octopus come to him before he like, he wasn't just like, come here, you know, (laughs) (laughs) he, he, he let the octopus, you know, he put out his hand to let the octopus know that he was open and vulnerable to it. He wasn't trying to attack it, Mm -hmm. but he, he let the octopus make that first contact. And I think that's a good place to start, but yeah, Maybe I, I guess I don't know a ton about like the mindset behind conservation and how people go into spaces to conserve that space. But in my head, conservation is like protect it without people and not bringing in more random people that he had in his sea change project or whatever. Well, yeah, I was gonna say because at
0: the end, it's just like you think there's like was, eight for of for me. It's just and like I'm we're like, all gonna go.
1: <laughs> I was like, oh my god, you have your little like diver mafia going in, and I was like, why?
0: I you did, it, you I, could
1: conserve it and preserve it without adding more people to it.
0: Well, to be fair I to know. him, uh, because I, I did like that he did make a point of being like, I didn't just like see the octopus and come swimming up to it. Like, get out of your shell and come be my lover. Yeah. Like he, he didn't, do, <laughs> he didn't do that. Um, but I think he was mindful of trying to be as, you know, nature takes its course mindset, if you will, uh, in particular, when the shark was first attacking it. Because if you remember, he said, he's like, I kind of thought maybe I should intervene because like this this is bad. Like, this is like, this is my baby. Yeah. But then he's like, that's not my place to do that. He's like, if that's what is the destiny of of her, the octopus, uh, then, then so be it. So I'm glad he didn't just like needlessly interfere like that. But. At the same time, to your point, Sophia, he is a strange man with a snorkel uh, that's there to touch the octopus. Yeah. And I, this is
2: another interesting um, discussion I kind of wanted to talk about is the argument of conservation versus preservation. Mm -hmm. And that's something that was like really big in American politics in like the 1900s with Teddy Roosevelt and everything like that. And it's much different in like when we're talking about like national parks versus Of like marine biology space, because I I feel like those aquatic spaces, especially kelp forests and coral reefs and different things like that, are so uh like vulnerable to like human interactions and touching, and it just like really messes up those spaces. So I think it's like when you go snorkeling, you do different things like that, they hammer into you, like do not touch anything. Like it is Mm -hmm. like a serious issue that humans touch coral and it really messes with the space of the environment. So we need to avoid that all all costs. But so more the more broad perspective on things, uh, and the, I don't know if you guys know about John Muir and Muir Woods and different things yes, like that, John but Muir. he had the big perspective of more of a preservation sort of thing where you have these spaces and we basically just like don't allow humans to go there. And we just like totally prevent any sort of human intervention from these spaces because they're absolutely beautiful spaces and we need to stop it at all costs. While someone like Teddy Roosevelt, they actually hated each other, even though they had similar ideas. Mm -hmm. Where Teddy Roosevelt was much more on the conservation side of things, where it's like, we need to still build infrastructure. We need to still do things like logging and hunting and all these different things to get natural resources out of these places, but still being able to maintain the sort of natural aspect of it. And he took much more that direction. And it's interesting, like. I guess I don't really know what the better method is because I think preservation and like being able to be like, all right, we're not allowing human contact with any of these spaces is a little bit idealistic, I think, where we're human beings and we want to see these amazing places and we're curious creatures. And I think I think it's an amazing thing to be able to like see something like this documentary where I could see a totally new perspective on somewhere in the world while it may still have an effect on the place that they're filming or doing whatever they're doing. So I think it's it's hard to draw that line between like, we want a, humans to see these things and we want these human experiences to show like how beautiful the natural world is, but still protecting it at the same time.
1: Mm-hmm. I, hearing it broken down like that, I think that it's better to have, take more of that John Muir approach of like, don't have people in it, but a little bit of that Teddy Roosevelt of like people, yeah, people should be able to go into it and they should be able to experience in a way that the prime directive is to, help out the animals and make sure that that natural biome is not destroyed yeah because if you're letting people into like log or if for some reason you needed the kelp out of the kelp forest like that's that would just not that would just destroy it entirely and I don't think that that's useful at all yeah but
2: there's other factors too in that sorry Sophia there's other factors Um. too in like things like climate change where our world is drastically changing even if we don't touch these places at all like we're still just having an effect on the world as a whole so we kind of need that human intervention side of things where we do things like cut down brush or whatever it may be just to prevent these places from like totally going out of control from an increase in temperature or decrease in temperature or whatever
0: it may be yeah yeah I, it's interesting. Uh, it's interesting hearing you break down the difference for one between uh, con- uh, what'd you say? Conservation and, and preservation. Yep, uh, yep. Cause that, cause that's something I, I don't think the, the average bloke, I don't, do people say bloke? Bloke? Loved that. That was I'm, not, that was I'm not British, that's but South <laughs> African. <laughs> right. But well, yeah, <laughs> <the, it>. <laughs> I feel like the average bloke. I'll, I'll, I'm sticking with bloke. Uh, Stick I, I I don't think that they often get to hear really people talk about that so much, uh, especially like in layman's terms, where it's like easy to understand because these are complex issues to have to understand and 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 get. Um, m- the thing that pops in my mind when I think about what you're talking about, the difference between the two of them, is the size of the land. Cause so I feel like that has to play a factor where it's like, okay, what's, how big is this area that you're trying to preserve? Because if it's like the state, like the size of like the state of Texas yeah, and you're like, we're like we don't want any humans ever like to go through <laughs> this. It's like, okay, but like, this is a freaking huge piece of land. Like no, yeah. no humans ever. And it's like, well, no. it's
1: just so hard to regulate too,
0: because yeah.
1: you're just going to have like. I was listening to this podcast, I think it was from the New York Times, and they were talking about how people have been sneaking into the Amazon and logging, but they are so deep in the Amazon that it's like, how, how would you ever find them yeah. unless you like follow them from point A mm-hmm. when they start in the city to point B when they're in at their final destination in the jungle? Like it is just so impossible to find these people. So they're able to get away with it because it's, it's just,
0: yeah,
1: how, 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 and it's, well, it, it wouldn't be possible with a space the size of Texas. You couldn't have the park rangers, you know, rolling up trying to stop people.
0: Yeah. No. I can I can just tell you real quick on the subject of the Amazon. If if you think like I bat around butterflies, stick my ass in the Amazon, I will die. Like I I mean I'm serious. Like there's there are bugs. There's snakes. There's huge huge like mosquitoes that'll like kill me like i i would die i feel like i would die
1: (laughs) i'm right there with you with the snakes jordan i don't i don't believe in them because they don't follow Mm. i have a leg rule right with animals
0: what is what does that mean
1: great question let me tell you um animals can have between one and seven legs okay that means snakes off the market off the table gross where are your legs where are they? But, why, do you but like that? why
0: the legs? Like, what? Why is that? It's unnatural. It's so
1: unnatural. <laughs> and then, but then you have seven. Okay, that's a lot. But you like, know, I, just kidding. I take that back because octopus. My octopus teacher. She. She <laughs> has. She had eight, and that's okay. Yeah. Any more than that is ridiculous. But spiders are enough. They're. They're not there. Don't you I, think it I, would
0: be? Don't you think it would be refreshing to have there be a, a documentary where instead of like my octopus teacher it's my dirty gross mud shark teacher because like
1: i mean like i I, learned how to not be a piece (laughs) of garbage from this
0: mud shark (laughs) right well because like you know i i'm not saying that i like snakes i'm terrified of snakes like most people And, and those mud sharks i wouldn't want to get close to them they're gross they eat garbage and like they're just predators that kill things but at the same time, it's like you could go to the the mindset of it's like all creatures are, are beautiful on this planet, even the ones that are We're disgusting. Right. We're all right. We're all God's creatures. And the mud shark or the dirty, nasty snake that lives in the Amazon. That's that's a creature. Should I not love and care for that creature because it's ugly? I don't. I mean, well, the answer is yes. But the answer is yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know. Um yeah, that's that's interesting though. They they have the the leg thing. I've never heard that before. They're it's like, a the leg, the leg it's rule. a
1: self philosophy that I I believe in. Um, just snakes shouldn't wiggle like that. God, no, I'm gonna gross myself out thinking about it. Let's just, let's move on. <laughs> that's
0: all right, all right, Sophia, are, are are you one of those people where like if I were to show you a picture of a snake, you would get uncomfortable? Like you don't, like, oh, like, don't even say that. Don't even say that to me. <laughs> <Don't even. laughs> I kind of want to go back to a point of, yes, go
2: back to a uh, earlier topic. We we're talking That's good about. because I think and Sophia
0: was about to panic. If we
2: kept ba- talking,
1: <laughs> I can feel it on my body.
2: <laughs> back to the conservation argument. Mm-hmm. I have a distant friend really, but he's a cool guy and he's in uh, forestry and he works for like the state and he like works with farmers and all different types of people. I'm working just like on land development, land management and all those different things. And there's so much like science and math now these days, which it, it, like, I kind of, I I think it's valuable. And I think it, I'm glad that we're doing that of like managing how much percentage of land are we dedicating to natural resource extraction? How much percent of land are we being like, okay, we're going to take this area right here and we're going to shut it off and we're going to just make it a forest and make it a good space. And there's so much math behind being able to Determine how much land we should actually preserve, how much land we should use for natural resources, how much land we should, like, develop and how much forest we should get rid of, too. Because when you talk about, like, the forest fire arguments of, like, do we clear out the brush in forests to get rid of forest fires because forest fires are basically caused because we stopped them in the first place. So we didn't allow forest fires to happen. I mean, like there's a good reason we didn't allow forest fires to happen is because people have houses in these areas and we don't want like their houses to burn down. So we stop the fires, but then all this brush just builds up because there aren't enough fires. So it's this weird cycle of like, okay, we need to allow fires to happen. But we also need to stop like buildings and everything from being burned down and a whole forests from just being completely gone. And then we also need to think about things like climate change, where these forest fires happen. They're just emitting so much CO2 into the atmosphere. So it's just it's it's a lose lose situation in that sense all around. But I think there are smart people out there who know a lot about these sorts of things and they're doing everything they can to make it so we can preserve as much land as we can while still having our lives and not totally fucking up the planet you know i don't know
0: yeah i i it's there's so many different ways to look at the problem if i can like air quote it like that because it's not just a single thing that's making this whole thing be an issue uh i i can say on the subject of climate change which just just real quick on this i i I just want to clarify this at what, what point did it become global warming, and then just they convert the phrase to climate change? Because didn't they both mean like one and the same thing? But then like they're just like, well, global warming is not a cool term anymore. Climate change sounds better. Like well, is, I, like when did that happen? They use, they use, I an idiot. Like I don't know.
2: They. I think it's because we're able to more fully understand the problem. I think it's because we're actually are starting to see the consequences of what we're doing. Where it's not necess- like it is as a whole sphere, it is warming up the planet, but like in specific areas in the country, we're not going to see it as that like mm-hmm. it'll be maybe more monsoons in Southeast Asia and might be <clears throat> more tornadoes in the Midwest and more just extreme weather as a whole. That's more what is happening than necessarily like it's now 10 degrees warmer all the time. It's just like you just have those real extreme temperatures of like some years you have no rain, some years you just have floods all the time. And mm-hmm. that, that that's why it's more climate change now, because it's more the climate is changing more so than the globe is actually warming up. So I'm, I'm glad we moved more towards using climate change and people like people like railing on it of like, oh, why are we changing <laughs> these terms? Blah, 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 blah. But like it is. I just almost didn't know. <laughs> it's more yeah. like scientifically accurate term, <laughs> which is why we're moving more towards saying things like that because yeah, it makes sense. That people have the right information. You have to be really precise with things like this because mm-hmm. people take things like this to heart, and some of them should because like their livelihoods are based off things like cattle farming, you know, and like those people yeah. are going to be really upset when they're like well, no, you can't have as many cows as you have because it's killing the environment. And like, mm-hmm. if you're not precise with why things are happening and why these certain events are happening, then they're just going to blow it off and not like consider it at all.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, that's a uh, a dangerous precedent where if you just shake off enough of it before, you know, it, it's just going to blow up and be a much bigger problem than it was to begin with. Yeah, uh, I've never really understood. Like, just like, I mean, even to some people you bring up climate change and it's like a almost like a controversial topic to them where they're like oh man like what a hoax you know yeah. just just woke people like try, try it's in
1: january so the, the, it's obviously not warm yeah
0: <laughs> and i'm like okay like since when is it like a thing to like why is it a problem to want to take care of the planet yeah like i just I, I it's hard for me to wrap my brain around someone that tries to like like either be like a denier of it or just not want to talk about it. I'm like, this is not a negative topic to talk about. This is a no. positive one. Yeah. We're just wanting to protect our home. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I think
2: it. I think some of it is like every single like political belief and ideology, and that's what climate change is like. As much as there's so much science behind it, it's still like a way we live our lives and how yeah. we live as a society. So it is a political argument. And some people just kind of paint a broad brush with it, I feel like, where I feel like you can't just like doomsday climate change and be like, you're a shitty person because you do this and this and this and we're all shitty people. (laughs) And I I think some people kind of just like, they narrow it down to those terms. And then when someone else hears that, that's what they hear entirely and not the part of wanting to take care of the planet. They hear the more like we're going to shit on the economy. We're going to make it a terrible place. And it's just, it's just such a complicated issue that I think that's, that's people attack that who don't like climate change. They attack the things that they see as, I don't know, not realistic. Maybe, I don't know, but it's
1: all about framing. I think with any major issue like that, or just even political movement, it's all about how things are framed and Because at the end of the day, people only really care about what they themselves can get out of it. And if you phrase it in a way of like, you, yeah, you are a shitty person. You did such a bad job. Now the earth is on fire, idiot. They're going to feel awful. And they're going to be like, well, yeah, I will throw this plastic bottle straight into the trash. Screw you. You know, like they're not going to try and change it. But if, if you, yeah, if you do reframe that argument to let's preserve these beautiful places, let's preserve that kelp forest so let's make sure that you can still go to your national parks then people might open their minds a little bit further
0: yeah yeah i think he, i think you really do have to keep an open mind when you do talk about it at least in depth anyway uh cuz too often like if you see it get talked about on like mainstream media it's as adam said they paint it with a broad brush they're glossing over a lot of the details they're almost missing the point of why it gets talked about Uh, Like, usually, I feel like one of the things I see when it comes up is people talking about like the debate around, um, you know, using oil over like, you know, or using like electric and natural uh, energies over oil. And then you have people that are just like, well, like, uh, if you stop using oil, you you know how many people you're gonna put out of work? The oil industry is huge. You piece Uh, of shit. Like you know, like there, there's there's I've I've heard those things, and uh, I'm like you're you're kind of missing the point. I mean, yes, yeah. if somebody has to lose a job, I mean to just live a better way of life, I don't really see that as a negative.
2: Yeah, but I also think there there is some merit to those people's arguments too, because I think mm-hmm. we don't recognize the fact that I don't think people want to like people. Want electricity. You can't take electricity away from America and not expect like riots and like people in the streets just being like, like people live in a world now where we have things and we need those things. So having like things like cheap gas and having things like meat that isn't $20, I think meat should be $20, but I mean, that's 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 a whole different picture. (laughs) But people see things in that way and they're like, I think there is some merit to that of like, yeah, because the people who get hit by that the most are just like poor people who are trying to live their lives, you know, like. Mm-hmm. and they like if you make gas eight dollars a gallon like yeah they're not gonna have anything to live for and like i understand that we're making the like we need to make the plan a better place but like we are also humans, so we need to like figure out a way to do it where i don't know my my hope is just that technology gets good enough where we could solve this issue
0: that right would be good
2: Hope I don't know if that's gonna happen, but I'm that's what I'm banking on hoping for at least. Yeah. So I mean that's
1: a key aspect of climate justice that's often over- ignored is people who are poor, people who are like live in communities that are like positioned, whether that's because of redlining or whether that's just because of like that's what's available that yeah. are more likely to be affected by climate disasters. Often yeah. like <clears> well, and often there.
0: well, and often I think there's one I I think there's probably a lot of people when you just talk about economical circumstances where i mean it sounds great if i'm if i just suddenly say one day you know what i'm not going to drive a car anymore yeah Yeah. that's bad oil's bad and then it's like okay well how do you get to your job well i don't i don't get to my job anymore no that's bad i got the commute that's bad so what are you going to do ride a bike okay but but then i'm late to my job enough times and now i just got fired okay oh i have to feed my children but i don't want to use electricity Uh, okay. I, I <laughs> like you, you and you're where, a like... shitty person, and yeah, you're a like... shitty
2: person because of, like you use electricity, man. Like, yeah, and it's
0: like you see where it goes, where it's like, okay, like if if we're just like, I think some people think in terms of like you suddenly stop as opposed to it being like a gradual thing where it's like it starts with small steps. It's not like I just suddenly sell my car and now I, you know, wear a headband and I have a hiking stick and yeah. I have like a peace shirt. Like, if the yeah. no, you don't do that it's yeah. it's a slow gradual process that takes uh potentially millions of people to to kind of get on board and and as they say do their part um yeah. do either one of you have something that you feel like in a way is like what you do to sort of help whether it's you know i recycle a lot or i don't use this or i mean i feel like everybody that's conscious about this subject has like one or two things that they try to put an effort into, to, to help.
1: I'm really big on reusable containers. I love jars. I'm a big jar person, (laughs) jars and just like uh, glass Tupperwares and like always reusing that we have an organics container in my house, which has actually been really helpful when it comes to trash. Like it reduces our, trash waste significantly because we just have like our little organics bag and the bags that we use are biodegradable. So super easy to do that. Um, recycling like a lot. I don't know, just things like, I mean, that <laughs> all of that stuff pales into comparison <clears throat> to the amount of times I'm driving my car. So, <laughs> but still, I mean, it's it is like you said, those little steps that you just like implement into your life, trying to carpool with friends when you can. Yeah. <clears throat> you know I know
0: <laughs> excuse me it's actually one thing I've learned from my wife uh, just from her being from Brazil is I, I don't want to say like the negative stigma against like Americans being wasteful but I'll bring up the negative stigma of Americans being wasteful because there's a lot of just waste that people throw away or they are just like well I have this thing and I could fix it but ah. Eh, fuck it. I'll just throw That's it away fun. and get, get a new one. Yeah. Um, I'll, <clears throat> you do that enough times. I think that leads to a lot of a problem. And, and thankfully I've learned from her that there's, there are ways to either go without certain things or reuse certain things that you maybe don't think that you could, you know, maybe reuse. Um, so sometimes it would be nice to see people think along those terms too. Um, I guess if I, if I have to answer the question, I try to, um, not unnecessarily throw things away. That's what I was trying to get at, I guess. Um, not just throwing trash away for the sake of trash sake, try to be mm-hmm. conscious about that. Um, <clears throat> and recycling too. And I also do really think it's like some of the technology behind that is wild. Like, have you ever seen like one of those things where it's like, this is like a beanie that was made out of pop cans, <laughs> you know? And you're just yeah. like, what? Like, like that can happen. <laughs> and and yes it can I, I don't know nearly enough about it but i've seen it unless those yeah. labels are are lying to me i don't think they would that'd be, an odd, that'd be an odd marketing ploy being like i think people like organic shit so if we just say this was made out of pop then th- then they'll buy it
1: well greenwashing yeah. is a huge thing like Wait, what's greenwashing fla- thanks for asking oh, yeah. um <laughs> it's when it's when a company like aligns itself with environmental causes or claims to be like so if the same thing happens. Uh, it's called rainbow washing too. Um, it's the same thing happens during like pride month and they align themselves with LGBTQ causes. And they're like, we support everybody. And but it's, it's like, because
0: they think they're going to make money off because, of bed, it, but not because it helps. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. But then they're actively like either in the case of greenwashing, maybe their business practices are actively like harming the environment. Maybe their production harms the environment. Maybe that the way that they are You know, there's just a million other problems within that, but they slap the label on themselves of we love the environment. We're doing so much work for the environment. Our product is so environmentally conscious. You should buy our product over the other product because we are so environmentally conscious and it's all a lie.
0: Yeah. No, that's, uh, that is definitely not good. Uh, one, one more subject I was going to bring up on just talking about waste and, and the, this whole, the whole last segment of the podcast that we've been doing, Mm -hmm. um, I watched this video on, uh, on YouTube. It's uh, it's one of those, uh, oh my God, I can't think of it. You know, wired the magazine wired, right. They have this segment where they're like this expert answers submitted questions like over Twitter about whatever their field of expertise is. And they had this person on, uh, that's a trash expert. Like their, that's their job is like waste disposal and doing it's, you know, um, you know according to the environment and things like that uh and one of the things they talked about is how like a place like amazon is a, a prime example of a company that should be in a position to like sort of set the world stage by example of like how to like make, make packages and have things just be more uh, eco-friendly i guess is what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. but they don't really do it uh, yeah. because it's not
1: money it doesn't make money why would you do it if it doesn't make money no
0: but yet they have all the money in the world to to you know send jeff bezos to space so
1: but if you put that money toward packaging then he can't have his fun things so the stock has
2: to go up guys it can't Uh, not go up
1: yeah people need to buy (laughs) things so we just have to deal with it
0: yeah I, I I would respectfully disagree with I'm 100% <laughs> for all of the listeners out here no um yeah i I th- th- there's actually yeah I, I just realized that uh we've since we've been talking about all this this is like a whole podcast in and of itself talking about waste and waste management and things like that um perhaps that would be a good that'd be that'd be another good episode to do if I could, I could find a, about this
2: forever dude yeah.
0: Yeah, because
2: I think another good thing to do. This is what I do for my green sake. Is I oh, never yeah. really, I never really buy new clothes. Like, thrifting is the way to live your life. <clears> I <feel> like, like <throat> I, I, buy. I have like three pairs of pants that I bought because I, I'm tall, so I gotta have my pants fit, or else yeah. I'll be made fun of. But like most of my shirts and everything else that I own, like I try to thrift as much as I can, because like, just like there's there's awesome like clothes that people already owned, and I kind of like that vibe better. As a whole, I and can see, all- I can see
0: that about you. I've see- I, I, I've seen some of your get up, and I'm like, yeah, that's a very Adam outfit, and that's yeah. not a bad. And I don't I don't mean that as a dig. It's just like you have a look about you that is very you, yeah. and it's definitely not like uh, like you said. I don't see you wearing like super flashy stuff. I don't oh, think yeah. you're a, you're not at all opposed to wearing, as you say, secondhand stuff. And when you were uh, saying all that stuff, I just, I can just picture Adam in his car listening to thrift shop by Macklemore and like doing like <laughs> I'm gonna pop some tags and like doing the doing that whole thing um but yeah Grammy, that's true
2: Grammy award-winning Macklemore dude
0: what a guy I, it's I don't better know better than
1: good kid mad city I tell you better that than good kid, What is what's good kid
0: mad city I don't know what that is
1: it was Kendrick Lamar's 2013 album <laughs>
0: I mean. basically,
2: basically, Jordan, there was this big like this was uh, the Grammys. So you you sort of understand because you're a big Oscar guy, yeah, like, Oscars. Yeah. So, but yeah. like during the Grammys in 2013, basically there were there was the Macamore album that came out, which like I mean like it sold so many records. It was. It was out there. It's not necessarily, like I think the music industry doesn't necessarily see it as like a very good album. Like it was just kind of like a pop album about this guy who's kind of weird. And then there was this album called Good Kid, M.A.D. City, which was by Kendrick Lamar, and it's a very like it's a beautiful album, but it's not very like listener oriented. It would be like the art film basically at the Oscars, where it's like this like weird movie that not a lot of people have seen. Now, I mean the, like Kendrick, but the story Kendrick,
1: is there. The impact is there. Yeah, okay.
2: Kendrick Lamar still sold a ton of records. But, like, it's basically those two fronts and Good Kid or uh, not Good Kid, messy, uh Thrift Shop and that album one album of the year. And people are just so mad about it because, mm-hmm. like, they're just like, oh, my gosh, because it's like basically it's like a Marvel
0: movie. That's
1: like, what I was going to say. It was a Marvel movie beating like an A24. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, yeah, I, I will have I'll have to look into that because I am not super familiar with that. Oh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> okay. So we got a couple minutes left here. I I want to do uh, a couple things here. I, I found this uh, this article on octopus. It's it's ten curious facts about the octopus. It's from the Smith, it's from the Smithsonian. Apparently they have a magazine, so this appears to be a reputable source. But I'm gonna run. I want to run down each one of these. Get your just just quick reaction. Don't think about it too much. Just tell me what you think very okay. quickly. Um, and then. Oh, and then I have one more question to ask at the end of it, and uh, again, don't think about it too much. All right. So first, according to Smithsonian Magazine, octopuses are way old. That is what they said. They said the oldest. Well, to clarify, it says the oldest known octopus fossil belongs to an animal that lived some two hundred and ninety-six million years ago. Which is kind of bananas. They said that specimen belongs to a species named Paul Paulsephia. Paul I think I'm saying that right. Uh, uh, Harmon, what now this makes no sense. Harmon Courage describes it as a flattened cow patty, or <laughs> what I, I don't know what that is, yes, but whatever. Sir. Octopuses are way old. Okay, fact, no oh, way
2: old. I thought you said way
1: old. Oh, I was thinking like
0: oh no whale. like wait no 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 like was, like they're old like i said like whale
1: <laughs> i that's what i was like so they descended from whales walk me through that
0: no, but like no I, that in, just, uh, well, well that just reminds gotcha. me like alan alan grant like jurassic park is, like did you i think the velociraptors are, are descendants of birds
1: <laughs> but mm, that's right
0: and um in uh spongebob there's an episode where
2: spongebob goes back in time and like forward and there's like a time traveling episode and he goes back in time into the prehistoric era and in that episode there is uh like an octopus squid thing in the background and he's supposed to be like a pterodactyl of the time where he like flies away basically interesting so they are old i guess that's Uh, crazy okay (laughs)
0: Okay. uh did you know that the octopus have three hearts did we know i did know that Okay, they have three hearts. It's pretty cool, um, yeah. I, I didn't know that. Uh, where this are they at? Is, uh, where, they gotta all say. be in the
1: head right? Because uh, they can't put them in the legs it because says two legs the, can get eaten.
0: Well, it says two of the hearts work exclusively to move uh, blood beyond the animal gills while the third keeps circulation flowing for the organs. So that's the purpose, uh-huh. but that doesn't really say where it's at. Okay. Um, this is interesting. The plural of octopus is octopuses. It also clarifies that it's not octopi, octopods, or octopussies. So it's it's none of those.
1: Curves <laughs> were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. (laughs) just just in case
0: uh i really like this one right here that says aristotle apparently thought that octopuses were dumb (laughs) it says in his history of animals written in 350 bc he proceeded to write and i quote the octopus is a stupid creature for it will approach a man's hand if it be lowered in the water but it is neat and thrifty in its habits That is, it lays up stores in its nest, and after eating all that is eatable, it ejects the shells and sheafs of crabs and shellfish and the skeletons of little fishes. But he thinks they're stupid. So I want Aristotle
1: and Craig Foster to have a debate (laughs) one v (laughs) one and just see what happens.
0: Aristotle
2: is the stupid one.
1: Yeah.
0: This one says octopus arms have a mind of their own. I guess, oh. because it says two thirds of an octopus's neurons reside in its arms and not in its head. And as a result, the arms can problem solve how to open a shellfish while their owners are busy doing something else. Standard. What? They're that's so cool. That's, They're so that's, that's cool. Wild. Ugh. Did you know that they have blue blood? Yes. They have it's blue another. blood. Oh. We have blue blood. Humans. Oh, it's oh, just oh. when it gets released to oxygen. <laughs>
1: It oxidizes. Everyone
0: knows, that. Uh, Everyone knows th- that. I think this is the per- this is the perfect last fact to end on is that it says octopuses to some are erotic muses. Hmm.
1: Craig Foster. <laughs> well, wow, we
0: were. Well, it, it does cite that Japan's notorious for ten- uh, tentacle erotica, which traces back to That's 1814. They said that they that- did it on woodblock prints. So, like, they carved they're like sex drawings of octopus into one. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. That's nuts. <laughs> I don't know. Some museum Culture 100%
1: man. has those.
0: Uh, that would be fascinating to see. I like to talk to the guy that carved it. Yeah. Um, Okay, and then the last question that I had is that if now we already know that the octopus is taken by Craig, he has the love for it. We can't really interfere with that. Yeah. But if you were to develop an intimate Potentially erotic relationship with a creature. What would it be? <laughs> obviously, obviously, this is purely hypothetical. This does not like condemn you if you answer, but it's like if you had to get like weird and like, you know, be like, this animal's beautiful beyond like my soul. Like, what would that animal be? <laughs> i know sophia's answers
1: (laughs) i want to hear jordan's answer before i implicate myself
0: (laughs) yeah Uh, i don't know uh i i guess for myself i'll just say moose i love i've always loved moose they're my favorite animal i don't know if it means i would be like craig and go like rub the moose (laughs) you know and like be like the moose reached out and touched me with its antlers like i don't (laughs) Jordan,
1: i could see you like riding a moose like through the wilderness
0: (laughs) that would be amazing I've never actually seen one in person. That's like on my bucket list. I'd love to be able to see a live moose.
1: Be... In Alaska, they have them on their property sometimes.
0: That'd be
2: amazing. Adam, what's yours? Amazing. Mine would be a giraffe. Did you know, Jordan, that the giraffe, um, when uh, a male giraffe comes up to a female giraffe in like the mating season, um, he hits his head against uh, the woman's bod- bodily area uh-huh. so that she pees. And then he drinks the pee <laughs> to see if she is... Uh, pregnant or not or ready ready to mate yeah is that real <laughs> yeah that's real <laughs> that's insane <laughs> Man. So that I would pick the giraffe in that sense. Not actually, but, you know what I mean. And yeah,
0: I mean, like, what, context is everything. We're not saying that we're going to go out and find giraffes and drink their urine. It's it's not it's not that. Okay, Sophia, you don't have to answer. It's,
1: it's I fine. I'm going to rework your question. If I was to make a documentary and <clears throat> become friends with an animal because they're cute little guys, it'd be an otter because they're so cute. Jordan, they they have they lay on their backs and they have their little shells and they crack the shells with rocks they're so cute i just want to i just want to touch their little whiskers
0: okay on that note we're out of time i appreciate the both of you coming on otters rock adam don't drink animal piss and (laughs) i'll stay i'll stay away (laughs) from the moose (laughs) all right (laughs) thanks for hosting us jordan no i know i I feel like this was a little rushed because of the zoom time thing but we'll do this again we'll do this again okay okay goodbye everybody thank you for listening thanks everyone